You're tuned in to the Three Pixels Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Three Pixels. Today I'm joined by Martin. Hello, nice to be back, thank you. And Benjamin. Hello, Elaine. And today we're going to be talking about the problem with streaming services. Indeed we are. Have you noticed that you're spending a lot of money on video streaming services lately? These services were invented so that we wouldn't have to pay for expensive cable packages. Yet with so many subscriptions, we're right back where we started, paying far too much money every month to watch TV and movies. Just in the last couple years, we've seen each streaming service dominate the popular culture with a program only accessible on one service. For example, for a while, we couldn't go on Facebook without seeing Baby Yoda's adorable face. Thanks to Disney Plus. Thanks to Disney Plus. And we also couldn't go on TikTok without hearing about Carol Baskin killing her husband, which was excellent marketing for Tiger King on Netflix. In addition, you couldn't watch Game of Thrones without HBO, nor Good Omens and the Grand Tour without Amazon Prime. Comment sections and memes have become the new water cooler, and online conversations often circulate around a particular program. Then, users hear about the program so many times that they get worn down until... Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Fed them to tigers, they snack it. What's happening? Carol Baskin. Get stuck in your head and you want to know more, so you finally break down and watch it just so you know what everyone is raving about. All this leads to your bank statement with payments towards five different streaming services, and you're still paying $50 for TV and movies. It's just like having a cable package, but without infomercials. No more. The purpose of today's podcast is to definitively rank the streaming services available in both the US and the UK so that we can find the ones with the most bang for your buck. We've made a list of the most popular streaming services, and each of us are going to give each service a 1 to 10 point ranking based on our individual experiences with the service. We're scoring based on overall satisfaction in TV and movie choice and in quality, but not on value. Then we'll average our scores to find a fairer score that cancels out some of the statistical noise. We'll do this without talking to each other to eliminate interference. And then we'll be right back. And we're back. Here are the services with the highest point values. Dun, 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 dun. Coming in at a tie <gasps> are Netflix and Apple TV Plus, which both received an average score of 7.6 out of 10. Mm, okay. okay. And then at seven comes Disney Plus, then five, Amazon Prime, 
Slightly lower is BritBox at 4.6. And then coming in at lowest is YouTube Premium. Mwop, mwop. Oh, poor YouTube Premium. You know, actually, when you read off those uh, scores there, Darby, it doesn't really surprise me that YouTube Premium sort of came last in that. And I'll go into detail why. The thing is with YouTube Premium, people expect YouTube to be almost free. You know, it's so accessible from any age and any demographic are out there. And with YouTube Premium, there are always workarounds that you can uh, get to get the content that's in YouTube Premium. For example, uh, they say about, oh, you don't have to view any ads, but you know, you can use a simple ad blocker, which I am against using, but people do use ad blocker to skip and bypass that. And I also YouTube make their own original content. How if you really look and you dive deep enough into the YouTube, you can actually find this content, splash on other people's pages. There's always workarounds with that. And instead of like BritBox, your Netflix and other uh, streaming services, I think it's a bit more easy and accessible on YouTube Premium. And I feel like a lot of people don't really want to pay that money for something that is essentially should be free for everyone, in their opinion. Well, that's a very good point. I personally feel like I ranked YouTube Premium really low just because, A, I'm used to getting YouTube for free, so I don't particularly want to pay for it. But also, B, I'm not expecting high-quality content out of YouTube Premium. Mm -hmm. I think the problem is both the platform and both the lack of effort on Google's behalf. They haven't really spent a lot of money on A, advertising and B, producing series that we care about enough. I understand that YouTube is all about including the creators, but... A lot of the creators are still putting out regular videos anyway, and I don't think people are missing or wanting these higher produced things because the whole thing about these creators is that the video they create are more down to earth and are more connectable. They're on the same level as the audience. So producing higher quality things is almost pushing these YouTubers into a space where they weren't really intended to be in the first place and don't engage their actual audience, but also don't engage the audience that would want to watch normal TV stuff because they don't know who the hell these people are. So I think it's kind of difficult for them to create high profile series unless that they wanted to bring high profile TV stars and movie stars and create shows just for YouTube premium. A channel called Game Theory has had a couple on YouTube premium that you can access. And no offense to the guy who creates wonderful content, I must add. It is very similar and very samey. All right, there might be bigger and harder theories to crack for sure. However, he always creates new and new theories. He probably posts two videos a week now. Like, I don't feel like it's something that would engage me enough to go, hey, I should really buy YouTube Premium. As well as there are other YouTubers who do mini series on Premium. But to me, I can still access them with other YouTubers who I'd prefer and who I feel like make better content in the first place. And again, what Ben said, as he was a YouTuber and I sort of delved and helped Ben with his YouTube channel, you know, you need a lot of exposure and a lot of that does come from your general audience and there's no better audience than free audience. When you're now getting a paywall in front of that, you're not connecting to as much audience members. So let's just say you get a million views for a video realistically how many of them are going to have youtube premium about 20 percent and will 20 percent of that million really come over to watch you doubtful i've been a youtube premium subscriber for quite a while now 
And you go on other platforms and you go on the homepage and they're like, oh, here's premium content that you want to watch, you know? Obviously that platform's designed around that premium content. But YouTube have made little to no effort to push to me any of this premium content that I now have access to. I've only stumbled across every now and again a couple of items of premium content and watched them. And, you know, what I watched was pretty good and I enjoyed them. But on my home screen, I feel like I should be seeing here's some premium content that you can watch because you're a premium subscriber. So you get access to this. Aren't you special? There's none of that, really. On my homepage, I see my homepage like everyone else sees their homepage. And I think that Google is relying on the fact that lots of people would like ad-free content and they're holding features like this. Uh, downloading videos onto your phone. And also even just if you want to lock your phone and still be able to listen to videos, um, almost as podcasts and things like that, in the background, you have to pay for premium for that. So I think if they took those features away and actually gave them to everyone like most people would do in their apps, then they'd have barely no, barely any reason for people to subscribe at all. So Ben, are you suggesting that maybe they would do better to have a premium content scroll bar a la netflix yeah where it just shows you like these are tv shows specially made for you or something yeah Yeah. i think so i think they need to adjust the platform at the moment it feels like premium is kind of a bolt-on that hasn't been designed to or adapted to fit in with the platform it feels it feels like something that almost doesn't belong because it, it there's it's not integrated there's no reason to to search out some of this premium content and do you think your score that you would give to youtube premium if we redid this after they changed their platform a little bit do you think it would go up depending on the content that is served to me Mm -hmm. and my interest in the quality of that then potentially because to be honest with you a lot of my scoring came from the little amount that I have mm. found and watched. So something that didn't really surprise me too much, but at the same time, I thought it'd be ranked a little higher was BritBox. I mean, with the BBC and ITV's content and its back catalogue that stretched for years and years, I thought this would have probably have been a high sixes, um, yeah, mid, mix, mid-60s, sevens. I mocked BritBox when it first got advertised because I thought, why on earth? I mean, um, personally, I, I've believed this for a long time. BBC have always missed a trick with iPlayer by not offering a non-TV license. So in the UK, we pay a TV license fee, which essentially for BBC content is how we get BBC content. It, it pays for the content that gets created for BBC. But there's always been this argument between watching it online and needing a physical TV license because are you watching it on a TV anymore? And I felt for a very long time that BBC with their content should have done a subscription model for their content just for BBC iPlayer. That if you don't want a TV license, then you do that. And that makes a lot of sense, I think. But now this BritBox thing comes along and it made little to no sense to me because I thought, well, yes, okay. You've got now a, a way to watch them without the TV license. Okay, fine. You're watching on demand on, on BritBox. That's fine. But a lot of the content people have either already seen before or is in so many different places that it's not really worth it. If you have a TV license, which most people do, you've got a lot of back catalogue on iPlayer. The whole Doctor Who series is often on iPlayer to find, for instance, one of the biggest shows. Uh, ITV do a lot of the same and have their own subscription platform if you want ad-free viewing. So, if somebody take that one into consideration, there's little to no reason 
because there's no new content on BritBox to go onto BritBox. However, I'm in the US right now and I thought there is actually a valid reason for BritBox to exist. And I think the biggest reason for it to exist is for the global market. There is definitely a market for British content outside of the UK. And until recent, there is no go-to place for that British content. There are other platforms which have had some of it on at some point, but there is no go-to place. And now there is, there's BritBox. You're interested in the BBC catalog, you like the shows they make, and you're interested in British shows and some of your favorite ones. Maybe you've not been able to see the back catalog before. Now you have access to it in one easy place. So I think BritBox makes a lot more sense outside of the UK than it does inside the UK. But as a penny pincher, I don't only want to know about the best streaming services. That's all well and good for someone with a house and 2.5 kids. But what about all of us student loan ridden millennials still living with our parents? I want to know which services give me the best value for my dollar or pound. To do this, I've divided the average score of the service by the price of the standard monthly subscription to find the points per dollar, what I'm calling the value of the service. I am excited to find out how I'm totally buying the wrong services and I'm wasting all my money. That's what I'm excited to find out. My prediction is the ones that we valued highest are going to be the better value, in my opinion. But let's find out. Let's see how wrong I am on this. I'm predicting Apple TV will be pretty high up on the top because it is one of the cheapest platforms. And I feel like we overall rated it mid to high on our scheme. What about you, Mine? I agree with that. I believe um, the worst for your money would probably be either YouTube Premium or BritBox. Darby, how wrong are we? You are not wrong at all. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, the, that's actually surprising. <laughs> yeah, the service with the highest value by leaps and bounds was Apple TV Plus. And that is because, yes. Excellent job, Apple TV. That is because not only did we rate them super high, but they are also the cheapest of all of the options for streaming services by a full $2. Wow. So... $4.99 per month. Actually, in pounds and in dollars, the number is the same. But it's a better value in the US. Yeah. We've been watching a couple different shows on Apple TV+, and both of them are some of the best TV I have seen in years. It is Just, such high quality content and it feels like a yeah. lot of love and attention and you feel like you're watching something that is is a, a big TV moment rather than just something that you're going to binge watch and forget about the next moment. Martin, your Netflix has only come in third. Oh, I'm interested what was second then. Apple TV had a 1.52 points per dollar. Okay. So... The second was all the way down at one. So it was wow. a full third less. Okay. And that's point per dollar. And it is Disney Plus. Okay. All right, then. That's, I can understand that. And I think I want to kick this off saying why 
I should have really foreseen this. Disney have so much content and so much diversity in their content. It appeals to so many people. And it's not really pricey for what you get. And shows like The Mandalorian, which is obviously part of another massive franchise in Star Wars, really just elevate it to a whole new level. The, the TV show has so much exposure and how we even opened this um, podcast up we're talking about Baby Yoda. Things like that circulated yeah. around the, the internet and circulated around the world. It's true. Yeah, I mean, Disney has massive pulling power and they have a lot of high quality mm-hmm. movies and they have taken the opportunity with the virus to bring movies out straight to Disney Plus, like Onward, uh, came out very quickly um, from the movies, mm-hmm. uh, cinemas, straight into streaming services, and also the new Star Wars film, straight into Disney Plus. So, you know, if you want to watch those series, often if you want to rent a movie like that, you're, you're talking, you know, $10 or something to rent a movie. Mm-hmm. So paying a lesser amount, $6.99, $6.99 a month, just to get a whole month of content as well. That's bringing mm-hmm. people in, and especially yeah. with this free trial as well. So, yeah, I think they're up there with uh, incredibly good value for money. We can see that in the uh, in the results. Yeah. We were using it also to binge through some old Simpsons. Yeah. I mean, the amount of variants that they have on there, mm-hmm. they really have something for everybody. Yeah. It's amazing. And as they eventually take over the world, that, <laughs> that, that will all be everything we need it's true so yes as we previously mentioned netflix was only in third which is very sad as the granddaddy of were the top dog yeah yep they only had 0.85 points per dollar they've been getting more and more expensive Mm-hmm. And I know that um, when we were doing the scoring, we didn't keep price into mind. But obviously, when you're adding it together with the price, that's putting it in that place. And I think, you know, it used to be very affordable. I remember when it used to be about five pounds, five bucks, something like that, you know, closer to that. And it keeps going up and up and the competition is getting heavier and heavier. And if it keeps going like this, I feel like Netflix is slowly going to work their way down the list. They do still have some of these great moments like tiger king Mm -hmm. but i feel like outside of that it's few and fine between you know i think what they're doing really well generally is documentaries they've got some really strong documentaries recently that's one of the few things that's kept me coming back and having a look for but movies wise i think it's pretty rough pretty rough affair and now a lot of the marvel stuff they used to have and disney stuff is going to be moved away honestly it's it's pretty rough i initially wanted to rate netflix higher but then i started actually thinking about it and you know i feel like every time i log into netflix now i spend so much time looking scrolling and scrolling trying to find something that interests me enough to watch it and i mean god forbid we try and sit down for a family movie that appeals to everybody because Mm. you'll never find one Mm -hmm. i mean (laughs) it just doesn't seem to exist on Netflix anyway. Yeah. I sort of had the same thoughts as Daviana. Originally, I was going to give this a nine, but I think I dropped it down to an eight, and that was purely because the films have been lacking. When I first joined Netflix, you had things like The Crown, House of Cards was on there, like two massive franchises up there. And they sort of petered out after a while. They got a bit weird. 
Then you've got things like uh, Scream, the TV show, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch as well. That brought me back. And then there was nothing for me. And I said before we started recording this podcast, I said about I started watching The Last Dance, which goes back to Michael Jordan's playing career and how the Chicago Bulls dominated in the 90s. And that's been a fantastic watch. And there's also a great uh, documentary called Aaron Hernandez, which is inside a mind of a killer. And yeah, the documentaries are superb, especially in sporting-wise. They are very good. Mm. But outside that, very little. And for sure, their catalogue will diminish with now uh, other companies and streaming services like Disney will be taking away their properties so you can only access it in their streaming services. It makes you feel like Netflix is being picked apart, slowly and surely sort of dying out in the desert. Fair play. <laughs> really paints a picture of... Uh, yeah. Paint your picture, paint pictures poor, with your words, man. Poor old Netflix. But this is it. I I think it is old. It feels old. It doesn't feel Mm -hmm. new anymore. It doesn't feel exciting anymore. And I feel like things like Disney is new and shiny. Even like Amazon TV is still relatively new. Netflix is no longer that. It must be nearly 10 years old. It must be getting towards that point. After Netflix came BritBox with 0.66 points per dollar. We're not surprised, as we talked about earlier. They're really relying on the back catalogue. I think it makes far more sense outside of the UK than it does in the UK. And there's nothing exciting that, you know, go to BritBox because you'll only get this here. I don't think there ever will be because these are Goliaths in TV, especially in the UK, and they're not going to rely fully on bringing the audience to BritBox. They're going to want to show these shows on their usual platforms as well. They're going to want people to tune in on the TV and still get that TV audience. They're going to want people to go on their own respective platforms to watch. So I don't feel like it's ever going to be a great deal unless you live outside the UK and you want to binge watch all of these British shows. Coming in after BritBox was Amazon Prime with a score of 0.56 points per dollar. So half a point per dollar. But it's not the lowest. No, I think we all know what the lowest is. It's a bit of a trend. It's a... The thing of it is, is that they're so expensive. Yes. They're they're more expensive than anybody else by three full dollars. Yeah. Wow. Coming in dead last, once again, it's YouTube Premium with only slightly over a third of a point per dollar. Wow, that is shocking. That is actually diabolical. And I'm sure not alone in thinking that. I think YouTube really needs to restructure what they've got there and add more or take it away. They need to really just go back to the, the board and just redesign something which appeals to a mass audience. YouTube is so global. The amount of people that you can resonate with, and it lacks to do that. And... This isn't the only sort of circumstance that I can put up. Look at YouTube Rewind, how out of touch they are with their audiences. The last two years have been abysmal. And I feel like still that YouTube Premium has not grown and developed the way it should have. It should have really just continued on. And I and I enjoy YouTube. I use YouTube every day. I'm probably on YouTube averagely about two hours a day. And yet I still have no inkling or no sensation to go, you know what would be really good right now? YouTube Premium. No, I doubt. No, absolutely not. 
<laughs> fair, fair, absolutely fair. So, after learning a little bit more about what we feel are the value of yeah. different streaming services, does this change what you plan on subscribing to, Martin? No, not really. I, I do like uh, Netflix's documentaries, and I'm a guy of documentaries. The one that I've been uh, sort of circling around is Disney, mostly because my mm -hmm. girlfriend adores Disney and is Disney mad. And I sort is of... she? Yeah, I know. It's, like, it's not like she's ever mentioned I, I, it. She should have told me that. <laughs> no, it's, it's Never not like she's ever, ever mentioned that. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the only reason. And I, I think that's why I'm still uh, subscribed to Netflix as well. Like, my girlfriend watches a lot of things on Netflix, and I know she likes a lot of Disney, so I think, hey, you know, put them together, make her happy, whatever. But in terms of self, yeah, I like, I like Disney's movies and catalogue, and I like some of its shows. But realistically, it hasn't changed me completely. I'm not going to go, oh, I need to just scrap everything start again. However, this has made me double down definitely on YouTube Premium, if anything. <laughs> Yeah. All right. How do you feel, Ben? Are you going to reassess your streaming services? I don't know. I find it really difficult. I am already trying to be a little bit smarter and just cancel the ones when I'm not interested in watching that content anymore. When I've kind of binged The Mandalorian and don't think I'm going to be watching a lot of movies, so I you know cancel off Disney Plus and come back to it at a later date. It's really tough. Netflix is kind of a difficult one I've always been toying with. I actually used to have a bigger package which used to have 4K and used to allow many different users up to four. Brought that down, brought the price of that down, but it's shared family-wise. So it's a bit difficult for me to let that go because I've got different family members using it and that's quite a common thing in a lot of these. So Apple TV uh, has really surprised me recently. And, and yet again, here it's really a lighting that for me personally, I could uh, live on something like Apple TV if they just kept having strong TV shows. Mm -hmm. I'm less motivated by movies on a lot of these platforms because generally I'll know a movie I want to see and I'll just either buy it digitally or rent it for, to watch it for that one thing. Because at least mm -hmm. then I know I'm getting that movie and often I'm getting a movie that I wouldn't get on the other platforms because it's so new. Mm -hmm. I want to watch it in the moment. Okay. And what about you, Darby? I currently am a complete mooch off of both my husband <laughs> and my father. It's so true. Oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to stay where I'm at. Wow. But if, if I was going to subscribe to streaming services on my own as a young independent woman, <laughs> I would probably be looking at Apple TV and Disney, because I feel like I could be happy with those two and avoid the likes of YouTube Premium completely. I don't feel like I would be missing much. But, of course, none of this means anything if you're a diehard Disney fan like Martin's girlfriend and you only care about Disney Plus or if you're getting... Netflix for free, just like I am, from your best friend's cousin's boyfriend's goldfish. Or if you spend so much money on Amazon shipping that Prime is cheaper anyway, like Benjamin. Yes. Then you just do you. And maybe you should just sign up for all those free trials and do your alter ego stripper name, which is... Diamond Heat. Diamond Heat.
Okay. That's what Darviana was Googling earlier. What was her stripper name? Diamond Thief. And she thought she could gloss over it, and I would never mention it, but here it is. For the world to hear. Diamond Heat. Diamond Heat. Well, well while you heat. all think about that, Darviana is gonna is gonna tell you the outro. So uh yeah, ponder that for a minute. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us on this journey, and let us know if we've helped you consolidate your monthly streaming costs, or if we've completely messed it up. You can also send us hate mail to hello at the3pixels.com. No, they can't. Yes, they can. <laughs> They're definitely not sending us any hate mail. Or you can find us on Twitter, at 3pixelspod, or Facebook, the3pixelspodcast. We also have a website where you can listen to all of our episodes or see our faces if you're curious. You gotta be really curious for that one. <laughs> you can also the rate the streaming services we talked about today. Benjamin, thank you for being here. You're welcome. You're very welcome. I'm not reading any of the hate mail. I'm forwarding all to you. You brought this on yourself. Martin, do you agree? I agree. Send it to Diamond Heat over there. Diamond Heat. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, oh in the subject line, Diamond Heat. And I'll, I'll make sure it hits the right place. Uh, thank you, Martin, for joining us. No, the pleasure was all, all mine. Okay. Thank you, Martin. That's all right. <laughs> Everything's great. All right. And we'll see you later. Adios. Adios. See you later. You're tuned in to the Three Pixels Podcast. Diamond Heat. Diamond I wonder what my stripper name is. is oh my gosh, just Google. Let's, just let's Google. do our stripper so, names. So what's Martin, meant to be? Yours? Like your first pet? It... Oh, mm. You used this, yeah. this thing here. Okay, I'll, I'll, we'll figure you out, your, your stripper name. Uh, is that the one? First letter of your first name, which is M, mm -hmm. your princess. <laughs> princess Knight. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's Congratulations, uh, Martin. Wah, wah. And I'm I am <laughs> I'm Chesty Heat. <laughs> I feel like Martin's got us all beat. Princess Knight. That's that's Yeah, that's the best I, one. I sound like that's I'm the best from adventure by far. time. <laughs> I sound like an adventure time All right. Uh, you we'll got... also link the stripper name no, we will infographic. Not. We will not. We'll lose all our sponsors. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.